With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome to Trot's Life. It is moving day. No J-Bon on Thursdays for a period of time anyway. As uh, It's a pretty busy time in harness racing. We do have... I suppose it's now a standard moving day. We will have Tim O'Connor off the top, Jamie Cockshut, and we're chasing Braden Howlett. Howlett uh, he said he'd come on this week, last week. I haven't. We've checked. We're just following up with him. Mick Gurren should be on from twelve. Unusually, Mick's in uh, Melbourne. Uh, last I saw him Tuesday at Shepparton, he was fifty-fifty on coming into the studio. Haven't heard anything since. Mark Pitt will be a big guest. We've got a couple of other things lined up. But first and foremost, we'll get to Tim O'Connor. And we've got a special uh, intro for Tim today. <laughs> what on earth is that? <laughs> if that's David Attenborough's uh, <laughs> voice there, I think he's crook. He sounds crook. <laughs> it, sounded, well, you, it sounded like a very old David Attenborough, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Um, t- t- for those that wonder what on earth you're on about, you might as well explain this joke of yours. <laughs> oh, you want me to explain it? So, no, you, you go for it. I was at I was at Melton uh, last Friday night uh, working as a judge. You get a great position as a judge, and there was a horse racing called Where's the Gold. Tim O'Connor must own three hundred percent in the horse. Yeah, you'd think so. You would think so. And uh, again, this goes back several months ago. <laughs> and big fella's just texting, laughing, laughing, laughing. So be funny. Cheers, big fella. And several months ago, Darren Carroll did one of the great peacock struts of all time across the front well, lawn at Melton. And I think you commented on that, did you, Tim? Or was it I some? Did. Yeah, I absolutely. Did. And we took a video of it too, and um, uh, and, let him, and let him know about it. Brandlow Prince was the horse he was strutting around about. Well, he kind of repaid the favour, I would say, and <laughs> you had the same strut. And I think if we just take it back, I suppose when your horse wins at Melton, there's a real thrill to it, isn't it? Whether it's Darren Carroll, who's owned plenty of horses across the journey, or it's you just getting into it for the first time, mate. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, and I, you're right. I, I, well, I own a very, very, very small share uh, with a few other people. Darren owns much bigger shares, but I don't think the excitement would be any different if I owned fifty uh, percent of him, a hundred percent of him. Um, it's uh, it was awesome. So I had the kids there as well. You probably saw that. Yeah, they had uh, a great time. I probably. I took him there about two hours before the race, and I reckon I was at about my wits' end by the time he scored up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got through, and I had a great time. It was fantastic. So, yes, I did strut around. and I was wary of not doing that 
when he won, and I still did it. So that's just <laughs> what the excitement is. I, I actually was wary of it from what happened at Geelong prior. So um, it was good fun. I think 60 minutes after the race, when you were still going around the sports bar shaking hands with people, it was just a bit much, mate. <laughs> people I didn't even know. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. And we got to go over for a beer in the winning owner's room, which was uh, a good little treat as well. It was great, and congratulations to you and big fella who's in the journey with you. And, yeah, he's texted through straight away. You you wouldn't have listened to yesterday's show, but I did drop a couple of uh, hints that something – I had something stupid planned. <laughs> I didn't – Wow, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. You don't even need to tell people that. <laughs> no, they well, know every, Wednesday, every Thursday when they log on. <laughs> and Wednesday, I suppose. Uh, there's still yeah, more to come, yeah. but they, well, I haven't finished with you yet, but uh, we'll get into the serious business for a little bit, mate. I know uh, you've spoken to Andy Gath, and he actually texted me something a couple of days ago, which we'll get to as well. Yeah, fantastic. We will talk about that a bit later. I think I know what you're on about there. But uh, I rang him this morning, the, the master trainer from Long Forest. He's probably listening in. Uh, and he said, oh, you need to fill some time in the morning, do you? He was on to me. Uh, and I said, I do. Um, so I got a little bit of news. The reason I um, I rang him, because where's the gold was, was not, he's nominated to race on Saturday night. Uh, this is, when I went hang the, on, this is Trot's life, not where's the gold life. You realise <laughs> yeah, that. where's the gold hour. Uh, he was up against Catch a Wave when I checked the nominations and I, I said to Andy, come on, let me have some more fun because I don't know if we can beat Where's the Gold. Uh, sorry, if we can beat Catch a Wave. But anyway, the latest on Catch a Wave, he won't run on Saturday night in Geelong, uh, which is obvious from the field. He's not in there, but Andy's planning to potentially trial him next week and he'll race first up into the Vic Bread heats, uh, three-year-old heats later on in December. So he's ready to go and he's really happy with him. I think his last piece of work really impressed Andy and he's uh, not far away from a return to the races. So he is uh, an excitement machine. He's been humbled a couple of times in his career, but he what he can produce uh, is outstanding and he's um, more than likely headed towards uh, the Eureka, the slot race uh, next year, the first oh. running of that up at Menangle. So it's going to be exciting to see Catch a wave back at the races uh, sometime in the next week or so. I've got Mark Pitt on. I'm going to ask him about Captain Ravishing in that very race, the Eureka as well, which HRA wanted it to be a stallion-making race. And I'll tell you what, if, Cap- if Captain Ravishing wins it, for example, or Catch a Wave, I think he's a cult Catch a Wave, they're going to be stallions, and that's what is. we want. That's exactly. And um, also speaking uh, to Andy, uh, about another horse, stablemate of um, Catch a Wave, Pacifico Dream uh, is first up from a long break uh, on Saturday Night Geelong. I'm just getting that field up now just to uh, see what race he's in. Um, he is in race number 10. So he comes up against a small little field, but Fides, Idyllic, uh, Bernie Winkle, Aussie Battler, Let's Rock, Let's Roll. But Pacifico Dream back to the races after a tendon injury, Wombat, uh, which has ruled him out of racing since 22nd of December 2021. He uh, ran in the four-year-old boys semi-final of the Vic Bread late last year and was scratched for the final, if you recall. Um, And that's when that injury flared up. So a tendon injury has kept him away from the races for almost a year, but he's back. And he says he's been in work for about five months or so. So he's had a really good platform. Um, He's obviously going to benefit from the run on Saturday night, but I think the stable's confident he's going to get back to some pretty good form. So they're pretty happy with him. Wouldn't know he's got the injury anymore. They've been able to work him as as if he's a fully uh, fit horse. And um, great to see Pacifico Dream back at the races. I'm pretty confident in saying that he was a three-year-old uh, Victorian Horse of the Year in his three-year-old season. And I say I'd that say because I, think I voted for him <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, on that occasion. So 
great to have him back. $300,000 in the bank for Pacifico Dream. He's a group one winner. 14 wins from 35 starts. So he'll go around on Saturday night. Oh, funny how you asking about those horses. I asked him about a horse the other night, uh, the other day at Kilmore. He's got he, he's got a thirty seven rate of trotter called Surprise to Me, and it was a surprise to me that he'd buy a horse like that. And I said, "What is going on, Andy? I don't think he's ever won a race at fifty rated or under." Uh, I won't tell you who told me that stat, but uh, I said, "What what are you doing with a thirty seven rated tree?" He said, "I bought it because I thought it'd be a good horse for some of my uh, staff to drive at the races and get him some drives at the races." And I said, "Well, that makes sense then." And he was the one, Tim. I think he mentioned this to you as well. He's, he flicked me a text saying, "It's actually a chance that the entire pacing grand final will be trained by females." Female trainers for the entire yes. field. It, it's currently sitting as a real possibility, which is an amazing thing. It is. It, it's. Uh, <laughs> it really is the Andy, Andy Gaff first half an hour of the show. He's giving us news, leads, uh. updates, everything. Um, but I've got the points table here, one. But so this is after night two. Honolulu Bay. You re, you tell me the trainers. The, the leading points getter on thirty two points, undefeated from two nights of heats. Honolulu Bay. Emma Stewart. We've got Emma, uh, Stewart, Emma Stewart. Emma Stewart. Belinda McCarthy. Belinda McCarthy. Well, you've ruined that. You've ruined that sequence there. But anyway, you're onto it. <laughs> They've yeah. got the first what eight runners, females, I think. Jess Tubbs is in, is the in there. Amanda Turnbull's in there. Um, Bunduran. Yeah. Kerry so, Ann Morris up. is in there. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The first nine horses at the moment on the points table are trained uh, by Paul, females. Pauline Fitzpatrick with Zeus Bromac and Giselle Grimson with Majestic Cruiser. Perfect. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be... <laughs> yeah, you almost had me there. Now, um, uh, it's going to be... It's a genuine possibility, and either way, even if it doesn't happen that they're all trained by females, it's going to be the majority, isn't it, which is a, a fantastic uh, achievement and now, pretty exciting for the pacing grand final. Now, I love a segue, but I'm going to do one here, Tim. Josh Dickey. Is driving, is driving Bolt for Brilliance. He is, he is. I was chatting to Josh yesterday. Uh, he, obviously well-known rangeman here, based in Victoria now from New Zealand. He's a New Zealand-born, uh, but he's basing himself here now in Toolan Vale. He'll pick up the drive of Bolt for Brilliance on Saturday night in the heat, the final round of heats at Geelong, which uh, I was, you know, I was... I was I knew why he would pick it up, being a friend of Tony's. and uh, But I wasn't aware that the horse was actually being trained and prepared out of Josh's and Sammy Kilgore's property there in Tulin Vale for his Australian raid. So, um, yeah, Tony Hurley here, the trainer driver of the horse, is heading back to New Zealand to drive at Addington uh, in a big meeting there across the weekend. So with Bolt Fabrians basically locked away for the final, I think it made the decision pretty easy. That That's sort of Josh's words. And, um, yeah, he's very excited to pick up the drive and, it's going to be an interesting one because he's drawn barrier two, but outside noted fast beginner and, and one of the series favourites in Just Believe. So you wouldn't see him getting across, would you, Toby? It's, he's probably going to just have to um, either do it tough or, or maybe oh. take cover. They won't want a gut buster, would they? No, I think he'll cross. Uh, I think you, Greg, you do. I think Greg Sugars will be happy to sit behind him. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bolt for Brilliance gets crossed as well. Uh, Vacation Hill may lead. Uh, I was mm-hmm. chatting with... Garrick Knight about this yesterday. We think Vacation Hill may get across and lead and Bolt for Brilliance will take cover. Both Bolt for Brilliance and Just Believe can't miss the final, mate. So why even bother trying to give him a gut buster? So it's going to be an intriguing little race. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I clearly haven't done the form for the race, have I? Cause, uh, but um, 
Yeah, I'm obviously wary of the fact that these horses have qualified. It is a series. It's not. Um, yeah. It's not really that important for them as much as um, we like to think it is. And every race is, uh, I guess, run to every horse is there to win. But um, it just may not be the case uh, on Saturday night. So really interesting, but a, a great thrill for Josh, who he's probably had limited opportunities so far since moving over to Australia and basing himself here. But he's a very, very good driver. We know that he's won uh, the Great Southern Star before. Uh, our biggest trotting race, and he picked up a win last night. Thank goodness, my best of the night on Essien Track, Casta Semenya, uh, got home in good style last night. So he's um, <laughs> a wonderful driver, and good to see him on the Superstar Kiwi. Yeah, and Lucky McIntosh didn't use any of my lines uh, in that race that I was feeding him before the race. Uh, barrier draw Monday is uh, how for, for the Pacers. It's the most important thing left in the whole series is the barrier draw Monday night, but particularly for the Pacers. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's also for the trotters. I think I'd almost. I think it will shape the market for the final oh, of the trotters. I really. I think it will be the favourite. Almost who draws the best. Um, in saying that, Bolford Marine's going to be very hard to beat. But if he drew outside back row and just believe drew one, I don't think he would be favourite. No, correct uh, in the grand final. So um, yeah, it's going to be on Monday night. Wombat. Um, I can't remember exactly where it is, but there is a function in Melbourne. Uh, the barrier draw, that may mean I haven't been invited, <laughs> given I don't know where it is. But it will be on Trots Vision and uh, broadcast uh, as per usual. The big big races we barrier, we do the barrier draws on Trots Vision. And there will also be, um, I'm hearing word, a, a bit of a 30-minute preview show on racing.com through the week, I think airing on Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Phelan will head that up. So it'll be like a, I guess, a bit like a get-on style thoroughbred preview show to the grand final. So that'll be on racing.com during the week. And, of course, Saturday night, the grand final night, will be broadcast live on racing.com. So fantastic uh, that's happening again after the success of the Victoria Cup meeting, which uh, helped create record turnover. Now, Tim, sorry to interrupt. We've had someone ring into the station, actually, um, wants to have a chat. So uh, it's Sean from Bendigo. Sean, how are you, mate? Good, good boys yourself. Yeah, good. What's going on there, mate? No, well, there's been a bit of talk about uh, where's the gold, and uh, yeah, I thought we'd we better have a bit of a bit, better have a bit of a side bet with the owner, I reckon. Yeah, okay. What's your tip in the race, Sean? I like the one. I like the one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I reckon he can beat him home for sure. Who's the one, mate? That's a little little thing, isn't it? Pesci, is it? Pesci, yep. Little Joe Pesci. <laughs> little Joe Pesci. All right. So you, you've you've just rang up the, the radio here, mate, and you want to have a bet with this Tim O'Connor. What's what's what are you going to put up? Oh well, I reckon I reckon he's obviously single figures, and you'll probably get a pretty good price about Pesci, but um, I reckon there's a, there's a, there's a there's a box on it for sure. I reckon. Uh, <laughs> Box of, box of top shelf for me, I reckon, and just a box of beers for you, well, surely. How about, two, how about two boxes of beers for me and one box of top top shelf for you, young man? No, that's a terrible deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sean, um, for those that w- we're not aware of your surname, have you got any involvement in Pesci or are you just a fan of the horse? Just got the same name as the trainer, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to have a side bet. All right, let's do it. Let's have a box on it, um, a box of whatever. But uh, whoever beats whoever home, uh, you're in good form. And um, I'm fair to say I don't think I'll be able to beat your celebrations if, I, if even if where's the goal, does Hats he? off. Well, I wouldn't say I'm in as good as form as your bloke, but anyway, we've got a one there somewhere. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, side bet's on. The side bet is on. Will you hand up to us? That's the main thing. I'd imagine, sir. <laughs> I haven't Oh, yeah, but anyway, nah, we'll, uh, I'd say we'll be looking for a pretty soft run, but anyway, we'll, uh, he'll handle himself pretty good, I reckon. 
Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's lock it in. I'm um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make much money out of this horse if I keep having these side bets. <laughs> but anyway, we'll do it. It's good on you, Sean. Make more out of this one than me, just quietly. Thanks for that, Sean. I'll buy you a beer at Charlton on Friday night, mate. That'll be good. There's Sean McNulty. See you, uh, he just <laughs> tell Sean he has no hope from Big Fella. Ah, uh, Tim, I'm having some good fun with this thing. Well, for anyone who doesn't know who that was, <laughs> that, that was, was Sean McNulty, the trainer of Pesci, who's drawn barrier one <laughs> against uh, the superstar. Where's the gold? He's drawn barrier five on Saturday night, Geelong. So, what do we what do we settle on? A box. Whoever beats whoever home. It's a box of CCs for Sean and a box of uh, beer for you. I think that's fair, mate. Mm. Melbourne stubbies. Let's lock it in. Yep, Let's lock in. it in. I'm, uh, I was nervous. Now I'm ultra nervous because I'm going to be on track too. So I don't know if I should stand next to Sean. I've seen his celebrations when he wins. <laughs> he might he might get right into me. <laughs> I think that was the St. Arda Trotters Cup you're referring to. His hometown Trotters Cup with yeah, Travel Bugs. Pretty unreal. special. Uh, off the text machine, I'm enjoying Tim's ownership segment. Stay tuned for an update from <laughs> Stu. Someone, I don't know this number, 242 it ends in. This is a cracker. The real question is, who do you pick when you get the feature on Where's the Gold? Peter Panner, Findo, yes. Mary Money, Happy Lucky, Winnie Fortune, Professor Gold or Nugget Ned? That's a great. That is a great message. We've had this discussion, uh, a few of us. Um, I'm not sure who I picked, but a few of my mates are, are big Mary Money fans. So, um, <laughs> yeah. what was the dog again? Fido, wasn't it? Fido, yeah, yeah. It's come up. Yeah. Auto corrected the find the Fido here, but it's, I don't play it, so I had no idea. Peter Pan. It must be Peter Pan, is it? Because it says Peter, Peter. It's Peter Panner, I reckon. He's, Peter the, Panner. he's the old guy with oh, the grey yeah. beard. So oh, probably yeah. Peter Panner for me. But uh, a few in the ownership group uh, are pretty keen on Mary Money. If so two four two four two. You have to get to Geelong on Saturday <laughs> night because that is one of the great text messages we've seen here. Uh, Maddie, it's Matty O. That's who it is. It's Matty O. Ah, very good, Matty. Uh, punters podium, mate. We're getting through this slowly. Yeah, let's get back to serious stuff because uh, uh, this is not supposed to be about me at all, but you've, you've twisted it. <laughs> punters podium. Um, this has been fantastic. And listeners to the show will know Darren Carroll well, or listeners to SEN Track. He's involved a lot. And uh, he is a professional punter who, him, uh, Darren and his brother Brett, have been running the Punters Club. What are you laughing at? I've had a text from another another person that owns a horse in this race, so we might have a three-way going. Hang on. Just, just hang on. I'll get through this Punters Podium segment. Um, so the, the Punters Podium has been created for the Inter-Dominion Series, Ballarat Night 1, Shepparton on Tuesday night for Night 2, and it'll head to Geelong on Night 3. Uh, it's been a fantastic success so far. Huge pools, around 14,000 at Ballarat. We ended up breaking even uh, from a bit of an unlucky night, so they probably did well, Brett. And, uh, and Darren to break even. And then at Tuesday at uh, Shepherd and Wombat, they nailed uh, the um, race. Just brilliant. Yeah, the one by um, Just Believe. And um, they picked up about $12,000 out of that race to turn uh, the pool from about 12000 into, I think, around 18000 So $35 return for your $20 ticket. And uh, for those that weren't on track, there's plenty of them. You can get involved. So follow Punter's Podium on Twitter. And uh, contact that handle there, or even Darren or Brett Carroll on Twitter, and ask them. You know, they, they're happy to take some money via bank transfer and get you involved. And you can follow along. We put all the bets up on Twitter during the night, and you can you can sit at home, watch Trots Vision, and follow these bets. And I don't think I've seen them lose in a punters club. I know I'm putting the miles on them here, but I have, have you seen it. I have, you have. Yeah, at Hamilton one day. He only gave back nineteen dollars fifty out of the twenty oh, bucks. Pathetic. Yeah, that's pathetic. Yeah. But I. I I can't recall him losing. So 
it's great fun. They have a crack. If you want to be involved in, you know, a group of people sort of cheering on a horse, having three or 4,000 on things, and it's great fun, and they're doing a great job. So get behind the punters' podium this Saturday night at Geelong, and there's also whispers of uh, a pretty decent pool building for the grand final night at Tabcourt Park on now, December 10. I'm not going to say 50,000 is the goal, but it's there's talk of somewhere between 30 and 40 in the pool we're hoping t- for. Tim, now, that first one was Sean McNulty. Clearly, I had that set up. This one yes. is dead set. I have not set this up. Stevie Blacker has I thought it might me. have been. He, I thought it might have been. JD's just rung him. He's on the line. He owns Flash Jimmy. Stevie, do you want a part of this? Oh, well, yeah, why not? Let's get involved. <laughs> what? So how's this, I've got no money. How's this going to work? So are you in on it as well? Because... Uh, I'm not sure how a three-way bet goes. So someone ends up with two slabs or, or you just want to bet direct with Tim or do we want to sort out with Sean on Friday night at Charlton? No, no, no definitely. Well, I can't get there Friday night because I've got to roll my pitch. But, um, <laughs> and, you know, I should have scheduled it on a Sunday night which works in better with my schedule. But, no, I'm happy to uh, get involved with Sean at any time. All right. So, and are you happy to take on Where's the Gold? Absolutely. Boys, oh, Tim, there's a confident confidence in your voice, and I'm worried because they're both drawn inside. Where's the gold? And no, I don't like that. Um, this is not panning out well. Right, well, what do you drink, uh, Stevie? I'm a I'm a beer man, so we'll go a, a slab of beer, will we? Yeah, well, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Right, and um, so I'm. We'll have two. We'll be two bets in one bet. Will there? Me versus Shawnee. Me versus Stevie. And uh, I could be up for two slabs here. <laughs> Stevie and Shorty will, Steve and Short will go to a side bet. In our, we'll we'll organise that in our own time, I think. Oh, good. Stevie, good on you, mate. I'll catch you. I'll catch you sometime soon. See you, mate. See you, mate. Well, if any of the owners of, um, <laughs> of he's, he's a son of a gun, gun. are interest free, or <laughs> want to get just want to, I may as well just go by uh, what um, seven, seven slabs, slabs and, see how and take them in the car and just hand them out on Saturday night. <laughs> I've got Mark Pitt on at eleven forty. I don't know if he's listening to this segment. He'd be under a lot of pressure when it gets uh, to race night on Saturday night. Tim, great fun, mate. Uh, I think we've said this. I don't know. We said it privately on air. It's a great. It's becoming a great segment. It's ser- There's some serious stuff in there, but there's a little bit of fun to be at as well. Well, I'm determined to keep it more serious, and I'm putting a Where's the Gold ban on the next show. We're not talking about it. People are sick of it. <laughs> Unless he wins Saturday night, of course. I've had one, <laughs> two, three. I've had six text messages about it, and, and about three privately, so I think and it was... Five like... have been saying, Tim, get him get him off air. <laughs> Good on you, mate. We better get to an ad break. I'll catch up with you sometime. If I don't see you, it'll be, I'll see you at Geelong. We'll chat next Thursday. See you, mate. Good on you, Tim. Radio back to regular trots life, I think. Uh, what great fun that was with Tim. Yep, there's a splash of series, but really good bit of fun with Tim O'Connor in the first half an hour. And I think I said it off the top, a bit of bit of uh, fun with where's the gold. And big fella says, starting to get a bit worried, Toby. This could end up being a big gang up on where's the gold Saturday night. I don't think that will be the case. Uh, geez, he'd want to beat one of those two horses home. Interesting. If he beats Pesci home, but not Flash Jimmy, then Sean McNulty may as well just pay the slab direct to, to uh, Steve Blacker. 
and Tim ends up square. He gets out of it then. So he just needs to beat one home to end up square. He beats both home. He gets two slabs. And if where's the gold loses to those two horses, he's down two slabs. All a, all a bit of fun. And I think it highlights the friendships, relationships, and the great friendly banter you can have in owning harness racing horses. And it's a real, harness racing's a real community of people. And you can just hear it there. You know, there's three different people all with, with an interest in the one race that's happy to have, you know, are all mates, all become mates because of that commonality in their interest in harness racing and all from diverse backgrounds as well. Stevie Blacker, Sean McNulty and Tim O'Connor, all from three different backgrounds and how they got into harness racing. Let's, uh, yeah, I read out uh, yeah, three, six, seven text messages about where's the gold uh, to the SEN track. Text line zero four double nine seven three six seven three six. Maybe you like something else in that race. It was going to be a very interesting race uh, on Saturday night. There's six heats of the Inter Dominion as well. We'll get into them a bit further. Still haven't heard back from Mick Gurren, which is very unlike Mick. I know he is in Melbourne. He could bust through the door here at any moment. You just you just don't know what's going to happen there. Mark Pitt will be due up off the back of this ad break. Got plenty to talk about with Mark Pitt. He's an absolute stellar driver. He might. It's, how do you, where do you rate him? Is he our number one driver? Quite potentially he is. He's got an amazing strike rate this year. Yes, he drives for the most powerful stable in the state, the Emma Stewart Clayton Tonkin team. But he's getting the job done. And Emma and Clayton, their percentage strike rate this year is 41%. Only one other year it's been higher than that, and that was when it was 42%. Uh, and that was about in 2016. I've mentioned it many times. Can they win their first Inter-Dominion? Can they win their second Grand Circuit race? They won a course on at Philadelphia Man all those years ago in about 2016, 2017, when they were last absolutely flying. Like, I mean, they fly all, they've been flying for about 15 years, but uh, this year has been one out of the box for them, and... Horses like Captain Ravishing are becoming their flagship horse, and he's not even in the Inter-Dominion. Ladies in Red's probably a bit of a flagship horse too, come to think of it. Let's get this breakaway. We'll come back with Mark Pitt on the other side. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back, just Toby McKinnon, Jay Bon. He's got a big weekend coming with Inter Dominion Heats, and this man's got a pretty big weekend. Well, I suppose most weekends generally are for him at the moment. Mark Pitt, Mark, how are you, mate, and whereabouts are you today? Oh, well, thanks, Toby. Um, I'm actually uh, down the back of the farm uh, fixing a fence at the moment. Yeah. Are you fencing him? You don't think about those things. You think, oh, he's a harness racing driver, but you're, you're, base, are you're a co-trainer. Are you prepared to put yourself out as a co-trainer, or am I going to get you in trouble if you say that? Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can probably put me down as a co-trainer, but, um, yeah, just a bit of farm work today, and then trials later tonight. We've just got a couple ready to go, so. Control a couple later, yeah. Very good, mate. It's almost like a day off for you, is it? Yeah, sort of, but, um, you know, there's a bit, fair bit of farm work to do, so we'll try and 
get most of that done today and then, um, yeah. It's a great insight into how busy you lead your lives, really, mate. Now, Hinter Dominion has been a pretty good series for you so far, no doubt, but it's a very interesting race. We'll kick off with Beyond the Light in the third round of heats. It's heat two, race seven on Saturday night. Act now in the Black Prince has a lot of speed inside you, mate. He's run a fifth and a second. He's currently eighth on the rankings here in a great position to get him into this final. Yeah, look, it is. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a tricky draw, but it, it is a long trip. So, um, you know, I don't think you really have to, you know, to be burning early um, to get into the race. You know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get into the race. And is the key to just get him in that final for starters? Yeah, look, I think so. That, that's the main thing. Um, you know, we've got to try and get as many points as we can to make sure we've got to secure a spot. But, um, you know, he's racing well, so I think he'll run another good race. It's hard to ask you to speak on Emma's behalf, but do you get a sense from Emma and Clayton how much this Inter-Dominion series means to them? Yeah, look, you do. You always sort of get a little bit of inside info from them about, you know, most races. But this this is one thing that, um, you know, they're going to be wound up and be 100% for the final. Now, the next round of heats, Mac Dan, he's going absolutely terrific, this horse. He's had a third and a first in the first two heats. Uh, he's basically in, he's equal second, he nearly can't miss. And I suppose if you're going to get a bad barrier draw, it's the kind of time you want to get one, I would have thought, in the third round yeah. of heats when you're in a, such a strong position, mate. Yeah, that's right. Look, you know, he's just sort of go around and race well again. But, um, yeah, look, hopefully he races well again. I think he'll be better again this week. He seems to have got through his run well and, um, you know, I expect him to go well again. Um, it's pretty strong heat, but, you know... Do you go forward on him or do you just go back and give him half a quiet one? Oh, look, it's sort of a little bit tricky. I sort of haven't spoke to uh, Connections how they want him driven this week. But, um, you know, there's a little bit of speed inside him. But as you say, there's sort of, it's it's 2,500. So there's sort of plenty of chances if he doesn't go forward that he can get into the race at some point. Danny Zab would be pretty keen to win a heat at Geelong, I would have thought, the owner. Oh, look, it would be super to be able to do that again for Danny uh, He's been such a great supporter of mine and Tara Femmer and Clayton and yeah, really appreciative of that. But, um, yeah, look, it would be super. And I can't see why he couldn't win. Um, he's racing in great form. Mate, I do the first half an hour with with Tim O'Connor from HRV. He's got a share in Where's the Gold. And we played a bit of funny buggers with him. I had Sean McNulty lined up. He rang up and they've had a box of beer on it uh, between Sean and Tim on who finishes ahead, either Pesci or Where's the Gold. And then... Without me even queuing it up, uh, Stevie Blacker owns Flash Jimmy in the race. He's rung up and had a box of beer with Tim on it as well. So I know the Inter-Dominion heats are important, but there's a lot of pressure on how well West the Gold goes on Saturday night. Even if you're going to run sixth, mate, if 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 you're in a if you're in a neck-to-neck go with Pesci for sixth or seventh, drive him out to the line. <laughs> yeah, look, it is. He's a great little horse. Where's the gold? Um. He's performed super in his two two runs, and um, you know there's there's big sort of big wraps on him that he that he's a pretty nice horse. So um, you know, I think he'll race well again. Very good. Best of luck with that. And maybe maybe if you get him home and he wins the race, you can tap Tim on the shoulder and ask for at least a percentage of those boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wouldn't mind that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be super. Yeah, we'll get him in a position, Tim, where he just can't win here. But that's all right. We can stick yeah. to it. <laughs>
<laughs> Mate, Friday night, two two-year-olds go around in the youthful stakes again for Emma, and, and you'll take the steer in Joyful and Al Vinny. Yeah, look, they're, they're both great horses. Um, I really like um, Joyful. The way she hit the line last week, she went super. Um, you know, she, she had to do a fair share of work, and she still hit the line strong, so I was really happy with her. And Yeah, look, Al Vinny, like, they're strong races, but, um, look, he, he's doing well, so... I couldn't see why he'd put in another bad run. Um, you know, he's, he's got probably a little bit of advantage over, you know, a couple of the better runners, which which will help. Could you believe when you set back uh, driving again earlier in the year that you could be sitting there now having driven 209 winners? Yeah, look, it's it's a great achievement, but it's something that you don't sort of think of at the time until sort of now when you've, when you've done it. But, um, you know, like I say, there's been plenty of trainers out there that have stuck... Stuck strong, and um, you know I'm very appreciative of that. Have you got over Captain Ravishing yet? I still, I saw you after the race. I was, I was just, I just can't believe how well he went. And what really surprised me was you were just as astonished as what I think anyone was. Yeah, look, he, he's a great horse. Um, oh. you know, I do, I do sit down and watch the replay every now and then. It's just how well he, you know, he he went and dominated such a great field. If he has a run, if he continues on, say he won a Miracle Mile and a Eureka next year, would would he just be a stud career be beckoning? I suppose you'll say no because you want to keep driving him for the next three <laughs> years. But but I'll put it to you, would you like a foal by Captain Ravishing out of a mare like the Wolf? I'd love him. I'd love to have one. Um, yeah. it, it'd be just everything. It'd be just a perfect made racehorse. Like, it'd have high speed. It'll have strength. Um you know, everything you want in a racehorse, that'd be perfect. Because if, if if he was an American horse, he probably would only go to about the Eureka and then they'd retire him to stud, you know? We don't quite do that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's sort of a little bit different racing style here. We sort of keep going until they're sort of, you know, nearly nearly, nearly finish their racing career. They'll sort of race until they're nearly done and then they might retire to stud if they're, if they're good enough and got a good record and stuff like that. But, yeah, look, it'd be something that, you know, I'm sure the owners would think about something like that, but it'd be great to see him going around for a long time. Uh, Captain Wolf could be the name, or Ravishing Wolf, or something. <laughs> <We've>... <laughs> Just... and, and you know, if Mick Boots got wind of this, he would do it. You know, he'd be straight on to doing it, and then you'd have that yeah. horse for sure. He's just such a great bloke, Mick Boots, isn't he? Like that. Oh, Mick's a legend. Um, you know, he's been such a great supporter of Mullen and Lisa's. Um, can't thank him enough. He's, you know, he's the easiest man I've ever trained for. Um, Mark, thank you so much, mate. I'll let you get back to uh, fixing the fence there that you're doing. And um, I shouldn't do, I shouldn't say this, but if the, if you need a hand with the top the top wire, I'm sure Lisa will give will help you out. Thanks, <laughs> oh. Dave. Oh, I couldn't. Sorry, mate. I couldn't resist. You're up, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Mark. There, there, there is Mark Pitt and. Oh, you can't! I can't. That's a bit cruel doing a short joke at the end, wasn't it? I, I, I should. I apologise, Mark, if you're still listening. Uh, nah, all in good fun. We we have a great laugh, and uh, I won't reveal what he weighs. But uh, I got it. We're, we're in Kilmore one time, and I said, "Just jump on those scales." Amazing. What I'd love to know what you weigh, and he knew exactly what he weighed. And I think not. Not only is he so light, he's just a great driver as well, and. He, He's very clear in his plans in a race. I know he gives nothing away in the radio, and that's fine. I can ask him a question, going to go forward or go back, and, and they know how to answer those questions without giving it away. But 
He's very clear in what he's doing in a race, and I love that about him. When he's driving an Emma Stewart horse, and this is why it's working so well, that combination, Mark's clear in his plans in his mind. He'll have, I've got plan A, B, C, D, E, and F, and and it's not always if I'm going forward, I'm just going forward. A lot of the times he's just waiting, assessing, let the horse balance up, then roll forward. If the tempo's dropped already or it appears to be dropping, he's going forward. The tempo's on, he'll just drop back. He, he has no worries. He just seems to assess a race 100 metres into the race. He can assess the race really clearly. And then from there on, he's got a plan in his head exactly what he's doing. I know that plan to be updating as he goes. Uh, I, I, I know that might be sort of contradictory, but he just seems very clear in his plans and his thoughts and his processes. And uh, he's it's been a great return to harness racing, and and we we just love what he's doing. Him him and Nathan as well. He came back at, a, at at pretty much the exact same time. Let's get our final break away for the hour. It's been the where's the gold hour, I know, but it's been great fun. Let's get this break away. And uh, big fella, I know big fella. You just couldn't believe it, could you? Going into a harness horse, it's already won two races, and. And he's uh, the focus of a Trot's Life first hour nearly, but uh, all in great fun. Let's get this uh, last breakaway for the hour. We'll come back the other side. We're not too far off 12 o'clock and might have to hunt up on uh, Mick Gurren and make sure he's right to go. Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Donahoe put this on the button bar, and it's just too easy to go to. Such a lovely, relaxing song. There's something about it. Makes me think of autumn. Leaves falling or something. I don't know. Getting a bit funny now, aren't I? That's all right. Tonight, Ballarat. I thought I was just having a look through the fields, and I saw one. I thought, ooh, I reckon this horse is going to win a race sooner or later. Nihan Bay, but it's only $5.50. I thought we might have got a bit bigger odds than $5.50. Just something about it back to its home track where uh, it might have been a chance tonight. I didn't catch up with Darren Carroll off Giddy Up today. Mick Gurren has got back to us. He's all good to go off the top of the 12 o'clock hour. A big few days with uh, Kilmore on Monday, Shepparton on Tuesday night into uh, the radio yesterday, Bendigo last night, which was a late finish in the radio today. Now, Charlton, which we referenced earlier in the show. What? Jeez, they're a good club. They've got the trots on Friday and then their Christmas party afterwards. There was, before me saying this, apparently 130 booked in to the Charlton Christmas after the last on Friday night. Now, it's a pretty good result for a trotting club within a town of... I don't know what would be in Charlton. Maybe a thousand people, probably not. So, say five hundred people in Charlton—that's one in four. 
are going to the Trotting Club on Friday night for their Christmas party. I'll be there. Sean McNulty is going to be there. That's who we referenced it with. Uh, what a lot of harness people getting there as well. Should be a great night if you're in the area or you might be in Bendigo or somewhere. Get to the trots at Charlton tomorrow. I will be uh, working as the race day judge. And then I may partake in a few bivvies after the last uh, with a few of our friendly participants. Yep, top hour it's been. Loved it. Loved it off the top. Teeing off with Tim. Was teeing off on Tim, nearly, wasn't it? Blindsided him on a couple of things. Oh, <laughs> in great jest. He's yeah, great follower, Tim, and uh, we do wish him the best of luck. Was where's the gold in what is it? A cracker race. Second hour with Mick Gurren. We'll turn our attention a little bit further towards or a little bit more into these heats of the Inter Dominion. I know Mick, someone's asked me on Twitter, asked Mick about the protest the other night. Now, I've got differing opinions uh, to to Mick, I think, on that protest. I think it, if, if a driver lodges a protest, the stewards have um, have an onus to give it uh, the due process and go through it with the drivers to just say, oh, just throw it out. You just can't throw it out. The stewards have to um, give that driver... Uh, that driver who's lodged the protest uh, is entitled in those connections to go through the full process and be heard as to what they have to say about it. The stewards aren't out there on the track. The driver's the one that's that there's some intricacies that they may bring to the stewards' attention that can change things. So, yeah, I think Mick was strong on the stewards should have just thrown the protest out straight away. Well, no, I don't think stewards should be doing that at all. I think... Every time there's a protest lodged, that person that lodges the protest um, is deserved the respect of that protest being given its full full process. Let's get to a break. It's the 12 o'clock news. Mick Gurren, Jamie Cockshut, Braden Howlett, and we'll talk again about the Eureka with him as his horse or his family's horse. I don't know who's what down there. There's Howlett's everywhere. Uh, their family's horse, Mickey O., We'll be building towards the Eureka next year, I have no doubt, as Taz Racing bought a slot. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. It's Trot's Life, and that music means it's Mick Gurren. Now, Mick, there was a chance you were going to be coming in studio, mate, and you very lightly touched on when I've rung you uh, during the ad break. Something's happened with a razor. Tell us about it. Morning, Toby. Yeah, yeah. well, afternoon, actually. Look, it's, okay. it's been a tragic start to the trip. I got across here on Tuesday. And obviously went to the wonderful Shepparton meeting and well done to Ian McDonald and the team with their great day there. But 
Um, I broke my shaver, my electronic shaver, on the way over, which doesn't mm-hmm. sound a big tragedy, but mm-hmm. but uh, you're supposed to look relatively respectable on television. So I had to shave with a blade, and I had no shaving foam, and I did that in the bathroom at the Shepparton Racetrack, which was not a good idea before applying a lot of makeup. Um, so, yeah, I now look pretty messy. So I went out today to buy a new shaver head for my electronic shaver, which doesn't sound that difficult, yeah. but it was. So I spent an hour and a half walking around central Melbourne. Now, there's good news, Toby, so I know people are worried about this, so I'll, I'll update them. We have <laughs> secured the shaver head. But more importantly, and, and, and this is the non-joking part of this conversation. All right, I'll stop laughing. I wouldn't have walked around Melbourne for a while. I walked around here for about... 10 days last year, but I was stuck here and it was during a COVID situation. But now the city's back open again. What a magnificent city. What a beautiful city. What a great place that um, the people who live in Melbourne get to enjoy and other people get to come and visit because I hadn't seen it quite as much as I did today. And I saw it more than I wanted to for the shaver reasons. But what a wonderful, uh, ethnically diverse cool city it is and I'm I'm really glad now I broke my shaver even though it means I couldn't come into the studio with you because it, it's ignited my passion for this place again which has always been there because I've been to Melbourne so many times in my life I reckon I reckon I've crossed the Tasman to come to harness racing meetings in Victoria about 120 times in my life but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I really I really enjoyed the walk today I've enjoyed the Inter-Dominion so far and I found lots of nice little cubby holes, and I fixed my shaver, Toby. So, so far, the first day of summer has been incredibly productive. Yeah, well done. What an achievement. Now, let's, you'll be at Geelong on Saturday night, no doubt. Have you got a role on Trot's Vision again? Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the panel with Ryan and Adam, and then they do most of the heavy heavy lifting, and obviously Jason and Shannon do the important stuff down the stable, but they put me on there to keep me out of trouble. Um, and yeah, basically I get a free ride to the races and a free ride back, so I'll just sit on the end of the panel there, and uh, when Ryan asks me questions, I try to answer them as best I can, and, and if I don't know the answer, I try and pretend I didn't hear them. 100%. So where do you want to go with this bolt for brilliance? Do you think Josh Dickey just works to the front? I think Greg Sugars will hand up and just hold the front and, and be too good, or there's a bit of rumour around that uh, I think I've created that Vacation Hill might have a crack at trying to get to the front, and then would Josh Dickey hand up and just go for a soft trip with Bolt for Brilliance and just get him through to the final? Oh, I think Vacation Hill, if it got across, would, would hand up. I mean, it, it would, that's got no chance over 2,500 metres. It's just not not in this grade. Mm. Really interesting race. I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll learn a lot about different people's attempts. I think Greg Sugars is a very good driver. I think he's a very smart driver. Uh, and I don't think he needs to lead, but if he sits on the back of Bolt for Brilliance, say he gets there first, which he might, I, I don't know. But if he gets there first and has the ability to hold, you'd think he'd take a trail on Bolt for Brilliance because A, you get a nice run into the final. Yeah. And B, you get to find out whether you can out-sprint him. And maybe you can. Um, the other option is you park him if, in fact, he can lead because you don't want to be following Vacation Hill because it'll hand a Bolt for Brilliance. And if it doesn't hand it'll be broken at the 400. So if you do hand and you can run past Bolt for Brilliance, you know something. If you do hand and you can't run past Bolt for Brilliance, then you know something. And if you stay in front and Bolt for Brilliance comes and beats you, you know something. So we're not going to learn much about Bolt for Brilliance this week. What we will learn is a lot about Just Believe, and Greg and Jess will have some really cool intel to work with for the final. It may not matter. The barrier draws may not fall that way. 
But I think it's incredibly advantageous to their final chances to have the barrier draw they've got. What do I think will happen? I think both the Brilliants will probably end up in front and probably win. Um, Josh Dickey actually has an outstanding record of major trotting races in Victoria, not in the last year since he moved here, but but in his career, yeah. I think he's won about five Breeders' Crowns and he's won a great Southern star. So uh, if I'm a punter, I've got no issues with Josh driving the horse. And in many ways, because it's going to be maybe his first and last drive on the horse, it's, it's he's probably more likely to cut the ribbons than the trainer would be. Yeah, he'll be driving to instruction, though. But he was very patient. Geez, he drove a really good race on a horse last night Co- called Castor Savinia. Toby, knowing Tony Hurley, there'll be no instructions. I yeah, doubt okay. Tony will even give, I reckon Tony won't even give it a second thought. I've spent a lot of time around Tony over the last 30 years, and I yeah. doubt he's ever told anybody what to do in a race in his entire life. Is that because he started out as a driver? Oh, he's obviously he's the best driver New Zealand's ever had, alongside Dexter, but Dexter's obviously only had a lot smaller career in New Zealand. But no, I think he also just realises that there's so many things that can happen. Like Tony and I yeah. spoke before last week, and and I said to him, look, if Majestioso punches up inside you, I reckon you might get the leaders back because I reckon anyway, Hugo can't keep you up, keep up. And he listened and we spoke for a couple of minutes and he just said, oh, well, because he just doesn't go out there with a plan. I think the great ones in Australia maybe you need more of a plan because the tracks are smaller and gate speed's so important. But the great natural horsemen, and when you speak to Dexter and when you speak to Luke McCarthy, particularly guys who drive on the bigger tracks, the bigger tracks are different, obviously, most of them drive to how the horse feels and what they see coming off the gate. I think it's a far more predetermined in Victoria because the smaller tracks and the smaller pool of good horses, you know, you have dominant stables here, that tends to mean you need to be in the right place. I think that's it's a bit more tactical over here in the first 400 of a race, whereas I think on the bigger tracks, how the horse is going actually matters more. That, that's my opinion from what I've seen anyway. Yeah. Do you think Bolt for Brilliant starts favourite in the final regardless of whatever he draws? All things being equal, Saturday night, of course. Look, I think if they all do what they're supposed to do this week, Queen and Leader draws barrier one. If Bolt draws barrier nine, ten, it could be a decent old barn. It could be, you know, close enough to 240 versus 280 or something like that. Barrier draws are so dependent. They change markets so much in Australia. Like, Yeah, yeah. That's why I keep saying to people don't bet into the final now because expensive ego could start $2.10 from barrier two or it could start $7.50 from barrier 12 or more. And that's in the opening markets, let alone before you get to have Betfair reacts later on when the algorithms kick in. So I I think draws affect markets here far more than they actually should. Um, I think in the age group races, they should affect it you know, as much as they do, but I think of the open class races, yeah, we've yeah. seen a litany of horses over a long period of time in distance racing able to overcome bad draws if they're good enough. Um, the one thing I would say is at this level, this evenness level, a lot's going to depend on who leads the final for the paces because if the leader is a naturally strong running horse, the horses in the running line are in trouble. Yeah, if the leader's yeah. a weaker horse, like I cast no shadow, who can power compounded the other day, well, then the horses and the fence or the market picks are in trouble. So I think who leads the race and what intent there is there, that's a conversation for next week, Toby, because we're still going to get through there and we still don't know who's going to be in the final. I think we know eight of the 12, but 
still a few more spots to go. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to Geelong. And I think taking the, re- the meeting to the regions has been a real strength. I think if we did this four nights in a row at Melton, it would have been very stale yeah. for now, let alone yeah. next week. I think it'd be really cool to go to Shepparton. And I think they did a really good job. And I'm looking forward to getting back to Geelong on Saturday night. And I mean, I know you weren't at Ballarat, but you've been to plenty of Ballarat Cups, and you you wouldn't have had to, <laughs> it wouldn't have taken long to imagine what it was like there. It, it is a great initiative, and it's really embraced by people. There's, what do you reckon? There was a thousand locals at Shepparton the other week uh, on Tuesday night. Look, and and even you know, for those who weren't there, um, it's showcased their region and it said to them, "We take you seriously." I, I think it's crucially important. It's continued at least partially during an Inter-Dominion. It'll be a lot harder to do in Queensland, obviously, because I'm not sure too many people want to go to Redcliffe. But um, I think it's important to take these horses to the people. And there's nothing sure. We don't know who it is. But there's nothing sure there would have been a kid wandering around Shepparton on Tuesday night, and I met a couple of them through their parents, who thinks, oh, I like this. This is cool. I saw that big black horse, Tony Hurley. He's got and I saw those Emma Stewart horses. And I like the way Mark Pitts sits in the sulky and all those things. And that kid might get into pony trots and might get into harness racing. And in 20 years' time, that kid's brother might own a horse and all that sort of stuff. And if you don't take those horses to the regions, well, that kid might get into cricket or AFL or a whole bunch of different things. There's no doubt that seeing great horses at a young age. I still remember the first time I went to Addington. I was 11 and I was gobsmacked. And that's hopefully the effect this has on some of the youngsters um, at the Rat at Shepparton, and at Geelong this Saturday night. 11. Who was that? Uh, Carlotta's Pride. Or have I gone too no, far I went, back? I went, no, it was, I went to Addington. First night I ever went to Addington, uh, well, a, a very good horse called Royden Glen was racing in a major oh, yeah. race. And uh, and uh, the race was actually won by a young driver who I'd heard of, but I wasn't, didn't really know. I'd never met him, of course, because I was only a kid. Uh, and the guy was called Anthony Butt. <laughs> and he won the major race on a horse called Premiership. And, um, yeah, it was yeah, it, it was it was a moment. When you walk into the Cathedral of Addington for the first time, because it is an imposing, wonderful place with a strong history, um, you know you're somewhere special, as you do on a far differently when you walk into the MCG. And I think the good horses had that effect on people. I hope you were kids at Shepparton the other night who want to come back to harness racing and want to go to the pony trots or one day when they own a contracting firm, they want to buy a horse. And I think that's the dividend that'll be paid down the track by taking this uh, this series to the regions. Mate, one last question for you, and we've discussed this, I think, many times, but... My father used to say your greatest strength's your big, biggest weakness. So the biggest weakness probably the Inter-Dominion is some of our absolute best horses aren't here, right? There's no doubt about that. Self-assured, copy that, for example. Rock and roll do. And rock and roll do. Right? But is that our greatest strength of this race now? Because at the moment, it's basically five to one the field. We can't work out who's going to win the race. We've got to wait for the barrier draw. So almost the biggest strength of the race is there is no superstar here. There's so many horses that could win this race in the paces in particular. Yep, I agree. I think if there was a Lazarus here, you know, or even a Blacks are fake, you'd go, well, well okay, <laughs> this is all a bit of hype, but really we know it's going to happen. Yep, and, yep. and I think that's one of Harness Racing's biggest weaknesses is the dollar twenty favourites in big races. Uh, as much as we all love a Captain Ravishing, you know, they're not great for betting. But 
I think this is the most evenly poised Inter-Dominion series I've been involved in. Probably verging back to 1995, I was there for the Golden Rain Master Musician Choke and Christopher Vance, Desperate Comment, Blossom Lady into and you might have had five legitimate feel. champions. What a feel. Yeah, well, well, and Victor Supreme. And you might have had five legitimate champions in that race. Now, I know that's hard to fathom, but Master Musician, Blossom Lady, Choken, probably Christopher Vance, and Golden Rain were all champions. So I think this is the most evenly balanced field we've had since then. So unless you can produce five champions, in some ways you're better off having no champions. <laughs> and, and what yeah, we have at the yeah, moment is yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. eight horses of comparable ability. I think it's been a wonderful thing. Yes, I want it to be worth more. Yes, I want the best horses to be here. But then again, if the race was worth you know, a million and a half, there's still no guarantee that with Ray Green getting sick, with, with all the things that have happened, that you might get these horses. So yeah, we've had plenty of miracle miles in recent years, which were a million dollars, but we had a dollar forty favourite in King of Swing. Mm. So yes, we need to make it more money. Would it have made this series significantly better? I think Rock and Roll Do would have made the series significantly better. But uh, we've got a great series on our hands, and we've got the Trotting series, which has three very popular people at the top of the markets. I mean, Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars are extremely popular, as they should be. Um, obviously. Uh, Brent Lilly and his owner Tony Barron, and you know the puppets are legend. So you've got a lot of uh, goodwill towards Queen Alita and Tony Hurler. He's been a massive ambassador for harness racing on both sides of the Tasman, and probably is the biggest legend in this series, alongside the great Brian Gath, of course. So I think we've got a nicely balanced series in both ways. I said to Adam and Ryan coming home from the races the other day. I said, next week after the barrier draw, nothing worse than when you've only got one stable to talk about and, and you just go over the same thing again and again and again mm. with King of Swing and at Miracle Mile. Mm. We've got some wonderful storylines through the female storylines, through you know Tony Hurley, who's 63 and maybe having his last great horse. Who knows? We don't know the answer to that. But you know, the Emma Stewart emergence at this level after 10 years of domination at other levels and the Jason Grimson, Cameron Hart story. There's a whole lot of really good stories in this Inter Dominion and people's stories we can tell. And that's really awesome because I've been to plenty of Inter Dominions where you're just making stuff up in the last week and writing stories about some horse who's 60 to 1 because it's trained by a peanut farmer. It's good to have a really interesting Inter Dominion. And I think our industry has a chance to tell some really cool stories next week and cool stories, Toby, where no one knows what's going to be on the last page. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still give you ten to one. The Golden Rain wins that race at the Bell with all those horses in it, but uh, he does somehow. I'm gonna have to rewatch. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. How did he win it that was, race? It, it was, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing time. It was an amazing series. It was, um, look, it was an amazing series. I think every Inter Dominion has a moment where yeah. something happens. Yeah, yeah. And we had one the other day with with Bolt for Brilliance. It wasn't a great moment, but once he broke that string. He went from being unbeatable in the trotting series to, hey, maybe, hold on. Maybe if we get him more on the track, things change here. And um, I think there's a few more chapters to be written, Toby, so I'm looking forward to seeing who writes them. And, yeah, Trot's Vision's going to have not only um, really big coverage on Saturday night, of course, and, of course, ECM will have massive coverage. But the barrier draw is going to be live on Trot's Vision on Monday. There's yep. going to be a preview show next week, which will be on Trot's Vision. And, of course, SEM's going to have just as much harness racing information as you can possibly digest. And I think that's really important because there's no point having stories if nobody tells them. So 
to everybody involved, to you, Jason, to young Shannon, who's doing a really good job. And this week got her degree um, yeah. in sports science, which is remarkable. So yep. um, to all those people, they have a huge role to play on this Inter Dominion too. So I think a lot of people deserve a pat on the back. Um, but we've got a fair way to go. Last year, I needed a co-host for a retrospective show between Christmas and New Year's. I reached out to Shannon O'Sullivan. She came in here. She co-hosted. She did her first media commitment, which was a two-hour radio show with me. That was, that was Mick, not even 12 months ago. She's come a long way and, and yeah, really proud of her and seeing what she's achieved. Well, I'll tell you what, Toby. I've, done, I've been doing a bit of mentoring with her because I do a lot yeah, of mentoring on young staff. And, and the reason I'm good at it is because I was so bad when I started. <laughs> I needed more mentoring than anybody. She has been a revelation of all the, for want of a better word, students I've had or people I've worked with. I have not seen a person who has worked harder on their craft in the first six months of their career. She has spreadsheets. She works hard. She puts a lot of attention and detail. Every time she's on television, she comes and asks if she could do things better. Um, she's only a very young girl. And I was talking to Adam and Ryan about it. I said, look, now this is what she is at 23. And, you know, she's still learning. Of course she is, as we all are. But what's she going to be when she's 28? She sticks around in the game with five years of knowledge and skill. So I'm incredibly proud of her. I know her whole family are. I spoke to Jim about it the other day and, mm. and to Shannon's brother. So um, she's a really nice asset for the industry, but she also is going to try and get better because who knows? The old boys, Ryan and Adam and I, we can't be around forever, and neither can you, Toby. So <laughs> she might be hosting the whole shebang in five years. 100%. Good on you, Mick. Uh, we'll slot you in again next week. Don't Don't forget. <laughs> I'll try not to break my shaver next time, Toby. Yeah, good on you, mate. Cheers, mate. There's Mick Gurren. From what a big week it is for him. Big couple of weeks, in fact, with the Inter Dominion and We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. We've still got the Taz Racing half an hour. Braden Howitt will join us. And we'll talk Eureka. Mickey O. What's your other good horse? Tried to tell ya. Both one size stakes. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Few messages off the text machine. I didn't have my eye on it, actually. Uh, Alex Hurley says, Tell Mick there's a chain of stores here called The Shaver Shop that he could have tried. Mysteriously named, but... Could have sorted him out. Very good, Alex. I like that. Uh, Shannon Nixon says, Royden Glen famed for, I think it's Siring Lyle Creek. 
I reckon the old uh, autocorrect's done you in, Shan. And, yeah, Diddy purchased two razors. Uh, I think messaging in whilst on radio is worth 10 points, so I'll take that up to 219 we're up to now. I get told that I need to shave more often, and every time I get told that, I add a day to it. So I'm adding 10 days onto that, make it 219 days till I next have a shave, which won't be happening, actually, because I have Trot's Vision on Sunday at... Gunbauer at Ichuka on Sunday. Got a few things planned. It should be a, be a pretty exciting little couple of hours, actually. It's going to be the condensed version where we will start uh, preceding race five, the Gunbauer Trotters Cup. And we'll just cover it from about three o'clock onwards. Now, I've got some plans for some interviews. I'm not sure they're all going to say yes. Uh, Mick Bellman, no doubt. I'll get Mick Bellman on. That, that's that's easy done. He'll he'll be uh, happy to pass some time. And I'm thinking we'll get, uh, if I can, Marie Newbury on, and we'll talk more about that flooding situation. We had her on the radio and spoke to her. Uh, be good to catch up with Marie. They've done an amazing job with mares in foal, etc. And the great Brian Gath, who is driving in the Gumbauer Cup. Be great to get Brian on. He won the first into the Minion at Mooney Valley all those years ago on Mark Avena. That's the plan for Sunday's Trot's Vision. If you get a chance to tune in Sunday afternoon from 3 o'clock. First, though, we'll have some news. And after Sunday's Trot's Vision, you should be able to have a bet in Tassie, particularly after the next half an hour, where we're joined by Braden Howlett and Jamie Cockshut. SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It's your Thursday edition. Just Toby McKinnon here. Jamie Cockshut is down the line. And, Jamie, I welcome you in, mate. Firstly, uh, how are you and uh, whereabouts are you today? Oh, just doing the normal thing, mate. Rolling a few buns and that, mate. But, yeah, just um, a bit cool over here today, mate. Only 15 degrees, which is pretty rare for Vietnam. Now I'm not gonna. I'm gonna throw you under the bus here. I've just dialed the number you've given me for Braden, and um, an elderly gentleman by the name of Alfred answered the phone. Well, that's what I'm getting at. That's the number Braden flicked me. So Braden's <laughs> passed on the wrong number to me. I can't find it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I've definitely typed it in right. So unless we just get Alfred on and see what his thoughts are on Mickey O making it to the Eureka, what do you reckon? Yeah, it'd be interesting to get out of his thoughts, but no, I'm sure Braden will be there soon, mate. Yeah, well, we've sent him a message on good old Messenger. Yeah. Um, I can hear, hear something ringing in the background there for you, mate. Do you want to start? We, we might as well go through the tips while we're waiting for Braden to get back to us. 
Yeah, mate, well, we've got two meetings this week, so Friday night, and, oh, I mean, Saturday night, which is a feature meeting, um, which is great to see, you know, Tasmania get a Saturday night, you know, meeting, coincide with the third round of the Inter-Dominion heats and, and so forth, and, um, yeah, it's a, the feature is a 50k Tassie Gold Napper where the Victorian Blitzer and a go around, uh, you know, probably even money favourite, to be honest, Toby, but it's a pretty good field of some locals as well, so it's going to be a great race, mate. But... We'll start at Hobart, mate, Friday, um, Sunday night. We'll go to Hobart. That's the secondary, mate, but we'll start with there so then we can talk about Launceston a bit more. The best ones, race two, number six, Item Boutique. Um, she's a very good mare. She won the um, the size stakes final the other weekend. This is no hard. It's just more or less the same field and a, and a few lesser likes, to be honest. So she'll win, but probably $1.50 they'll put up and very backable at those odds, even though I'm not an odds-on punter. Race 8, number 6, Galaxy Dancer. This is trained by the Howlett, so it'll be interesting to get Braden sorted shortly. Um, he's there now, actually, so keep going, mate. Yeah, so he's working up to a win. He's not one of Braden's... This horse ain't one of Braden's favourites, but I reckon he's found the right race, and um, I reckon he gets his chance on, on Sunday night around the 3.50 mark. Race 1, number 8, Velocity Stride. Um, drops in grade, gets the right draw, and gets his chance to bounce back into some winning form in the first. And the best at odds, race five, number eight, Pink Ponder. Another one with no form to recommend, but just maps to get the perfect run. So if he's ever going to improve and, and run, run a race at odds, it'll be on Sunday night. Braden's there now, Jamie. So before we get the lawn system, we uh, can get him to come in for a chat. Braden, mate, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Good, thanks, Toby. Uh, just at home in the work office at the moment. What's work consist of? I uh, don't like to tell too many people, but I'm, I'm a supervisor to the highways down in Tassie. To the highways? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's always a bit going on with land slips and uh, a few upgrades. Um, currently waiting for the missus to fall. She's due today, so I thought I'd stay at home and watch over her and wait for that to happen. Yeah, OK. So do you know if it's going to be a cold or a filly, or is that all going to be a surprise? Uh, no, this one's a filly. Take... T tell us a bit about the family, mates, and uh, the Howlett name's pretty synonymous there. There's Chris's, there's Barry's, there's Katie's, there's Thomas's, there's Matt's, there's Braden's. I've got no idea how it all connects together. Uh, so I don't know too much about the guys in Western Australia. Oh, yeah, uh, OK. Um, but, um, yeah, so obviously old man Christopher, he's been in the game all of his life, and his old man Charlie um, used to train and drive full-time, won a few premierships. A few years ago, he's since passed. Um, then, obviously, Dad. And then there's my older brother, Justin, me, Matthew, and my sister, Eliza, who are all involved in the horses. Yeah, nice uh, family tree. So, uh, you did a little bit of driving yourself. You've had one drive over the last three years, I think. Just just the one, mate? You just keep yourself the one a year? Um, yeah, try and uh, keep them happy. I, they did want me to drive more going forward if I wanted to keep my licence, but... Um, I talk my way out of it, and yeah, I try, try and uh, let Matt do the driving, and I'll um, just do all the hard work behind the scene. Well, they told you you got to at least drive once a year or something to keep your license. Yeah, that's a bit of a standard thing. Um, okay. but it's a bit different. Well, yeah, that, that's, most states probably do it, but I'm still working them every day, so they were happy with that, and they just wanted to see a bit of any, take a few more trial drives or pick up another drive every now and then, but it doesn't really worry me. Yeah, okay, mate. Now. I'm pretty keen on Mickey O, uh, the family horse. He's 
he's becoming a bit of a flagship horse, not just for your family, but for Tassie and the Eureka Series next year and Taz racing your border slots. Pretty exciting times. Oh, it sure is. You know, we were, we've been lucky with Mickey so far, winning all the feature races he could have gone in, but, um, you know, the opportunity to possibly represent Tassie in a $10 million race, well, that would probably go to the top of the tree, I reckon, if we were able to do it. You want to just, you know, Captain Ravishing and horses like that, you just got them covered, you reckon? Captain O? Captain O? <laughs> I've never heard of him. I just watch Tassie races. Yeah, too. No idea. Nah, obviously, he's a bit of a freak, but, you know, it'd be great to be involved. And even last year with Mickey, I know he raced against, um, what was the one Bellman had? District Attorney and a couple of Craig Turnbulls that, you know, he was more than competitive with and I'm pretty confident he probably beats them if he has a better draw in the derby last year. So, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, he'd be competitive if he, if he did get there. Do you do you follow the Riverina form, mate? Oh, I follow it a fair bit. I've got a few men up there who don't mind sending a few tips through, but um, I haven't been putting too much lately, but, yeah, six months prior, I was betting most Riverina races. Any chance of getting you to the Breeders' Plate on uh, bre- on uh, Boxing Day night? Uh, probably not. I don't think I'll be going too many places the next month or two, Toby. Well, you just just say you got to for some reason. How do we get? Do you uh, need me? Do you need? Do you need to make? Need me to make a call for you? Oh, I'd love to come over to the Interdom, but uh, that wasn't allowed. And I've been saying I'm going to go to the New Zealand Cup the last ten years, and that didn't happen <laughs> this year either. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I think we got one that's got the pacifiers on here. Jamie, what do you reckon? Yeah, no. Nah, well, <coughs> well, we definitely know who wears the pants in the relationship. <laughs> oh, no, that's yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely know who's got who wears the pants, mate. But no, uh, <laughs> no. Nah, but just touching on the howlers, mate. They've, they've been, they're a great um, harness racing family, and you know, Braden's grandfather is obviously the man behind the GG horses in the Gallup Code over here. But it's just great to see the run they've had <coughs> in the last few months, mate. Because they've been toiling away for. Geez, 10 or 12 years trying to find that real nice horse and, you know, in the space of 12 months they've found two really nice horses that have been able to, you know, try to tell you it was very impressive winning the two-year-old size and, you know, Mickey O's deeds are, are well known in local circles but, you know, tried to tell you he's really stepped up in the last, in the last oh, probably three to four months, mate, to stamp himself as, you know, probably the best two-year-old in the state after his win the other night. He sat parked and, and beat all the other ones, so... Yeah, it's just great to see, and I'm sure Braden's a bit the same. He he knows it's been hard yards for a while, but now they're starting to reap the rewards. Yeah, it definitely makes jumping out of bed of a morning to work them a bit easier when you've got some nice horses in the stable. But, yeah, we've always just plotted along with a few ourselves, and obviously Elliot Beef come to us a few years ago and we've trained a few for him, but we were more getting going horses and just, you know, having a bit of fun and, you know, if you break even and have a bit of fun along the way, well, that's all that matters. But, yeah, we decided to get into buying some younger horses and spending a bit more money, and it, you know, seemed to pay off so far. Nah, well, that's it, mate. You know, like, you, you, you know, like, end of the day, you like, um, Mickey O. He, he's a pretty dear horse, considering from the Tassie sales. I think he went for about 30000 was that right? Nah, he was only sixteen grand. him. Um, he was only by Racing Hill, so... But we'd spent, uh, we've probably bought four or five horses the last three or four years around that 20 to 30 grand mark. Um, one died 
within two weeks and Galaxy Dancer was another and Money's No Issues is another. So they've all shown a bit of ability, but the way the, the bonuses are down here and the most prize money on offer, um, it's just we decided to go down that path. And Yeah, so far, if we, you told us we'd won two Group 2 winners in the next two or three years, we'd be pretty stoked. Nah, that's what dreams are made of, mate. And, yeah, that's that's what I mentioned. Yeah, that's what we're in the game for. You had a good bit of success lately, and I'm sure it's going to continue. What's coming through the stable? Have you got any other young ones coming through, like yearlings and or rising two-year-olds? Um, yeah, we've got to always be Mickey, Philly, um, related to Patrick Cutie. She's well, a two-year-old, rising two-year-old now. And another half-brother, the Black Prince, and they bowl around okay. Um, haven't had much luck with breeding in the past couple of years. So we'll probably look to go to the sales again. And, yeah, we've got a broodmare in foal at the moment to down by the seaside. So we try and keep to one or two a year coming through, but that soon adds up after doing it for four or five years. So we don't want them all sitting in the paddock. Now, we'll touch on your brother, Matty, mate. As we know, he's... He, he don't say much, but just give the, the listeners out there a bit of an insight, you know, to him as a person. You know, I've known him for a lot of years. He's a he's a really good young fella, and, but one thing about him, he's very quiet. Is he like that around the stables and all that, or is it just um, on media? Nah, not just on media, Jamie. He's very quiet in person, but, um, you know, he, he keeps himself a fair bit, but, you know, he's... He's pretty knowledgeable and oh, he cops a fair bit of shit from me, to be honest. So he started to give it back in the past few years. But, um, no, he's a very hard worker with his work and the horses and, you know, you can't doubt his commitment to it for sure. No, well, we'll touch on Galaxy Dancer there, mate. He's not one of your favourite horses and he's not one of mine either, to be honest. But I think he finds <laughs> the right race on Sunday night at Hobart if he's ever going to win another race. Yeah, no, he's been going good. He just... Like I said, last start, I, I, with the run he had, I thought he probably should have won. And the start prior, well, he went 158 and ran home in 57 and got held up for 100 metres and flew home. So the, the, the times he has every chance, he decides to plod and then he goes really good. The other starts for a nice four for a fifth. So he does know where the finish line is, which isn't a great trait. But, yeah, this week's race looks pretty pretty average quality. Um He's an average quality horse himself too, but you know if he's a, if he gets the right run, you'd think it'd be hard to beat him. That I'd say. Well, I know it's only Thursday, mate, but we have got a big car to race at Launceston on Saturday night. Have you picked any one any early out? Any ones out early? Oh, geez, I'd be looking at my own horses for a start, but um, no, I haven't looked too much at the moment to be honest. I, I don't really try and get to it until all the drivers are on because that's a fair bit of an indication down here. Stewart's probably have three winners on early, but no, I'll probably go back through the fields a bit more and try and find some 15 and 20 dollar winners uh, in the next couple of days, well if I get the time to. No, that's all right then, mate. No, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Um, good luck to Cassandra today, mate. Hopefully everything goes well with the the birth of the little one and. Um, just, um, I just can't wait to see some footage of you changing them diapers, mate, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you might be waiting a while, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Braden. I look forward to getting down to Tassie, mate, and I'll have to come around for a swim. <laughs> no, too easy, Toby. Do you know the swim reference? The swim? Yeah, didn't you build a new pool off the back of No Nay Filtra? <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> It paid for it paid for all my con my 
400 square metres of concrete in my backyard in my new house. That's about it. Oh, is that where all the cash got buried, under the concrete? All right, we'll break that up and we'll go from there. Yeah, if you could ask TAB to put my limits back up again after that, that'd be nice. But I kind of <laughs> shot myself in the foot there too. Hashtag long may we play with the TAB. Good on you, Braden. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Davey. There's <laughs> Braden Howard and... Uh, he's a bit of a character, Braden, on Twitter, and uh, some of those things come back to bite you. He, no idea what I was talking. He put a tweet up for about no no filter. It was like twenty six into dollar forty five, and he reckoned he was going to build a new pool on it. Jamie, uh, you want to take? We'll take a break, and we'll come back uh, in four minutes' time, and we'll go through the lawn system tips. No worries, buddy. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. It is Trots Live. Toby McKinnon, Jamie Cockshut with you in our Taz Racing segment. We've got four minutes, Jamie. Plenty of time to get through your tips at Launceston Saturday night. Yeah, we'll start with the best two, Tobes. Race four, number three, a good ruler. Comes through the recent size stake series. Went very well. Um, third up, just gets the right draw, and he'll be three fifty or four dollars. He's a really good play in race four. Over to race nine, number ten, Linrid Skinrid. Um, drops in grade. He looks an absolute moral in this race. It just depends on the price. I wouldn't be ducking to too short of odds because he can get a bit keen in the run and, and do a few things wrong. But anything over a dollar fifty, dollar sixty, I think he's backable odds for sure. Couple of value, race five, number seven, Baruga Rock. This is the mayor's future feature. Um, Emma Stewart brings one over called So Art I, but I reckon Baruga Rock can spoil the party, especially if she can push forward early and get that um, little bit of an advantage over the, the favourite because um, she's pretty tough, Baruga Rock, and $354 is a good gamble. Race 10, number 10, Ideal Corralda. This is a pretty even race, but just gets the perfect draw to push through nicely, and if he can. Make and move and get up outside the speed from the bill. He'll keep giving and he'll give a good side around the $4.50 mark. The one couple of odds, race two, number 11, Believe in Forever. Should be around about the $10 mark and was spotted getting home pretty strong last week and just needs a little bit of luck from the bill to get into the race and he'll give a great side at, you know, good each way odds. And the cup is a very open race apart from the favourite like Blitzer and if he steps from inside the second line from the 10 metre marks he'll he'll win it but it's a capacity field and he could find a little bit of trouble and there's one at odds in the race it'd be huge odds and that's Sunny Sand he's off the 30 metre mark but I reckon um, Gareth will get onto the back of a variety major or call me Hector into the race and one thing about Sunny can't sprint very quickly for 200 metres and if he's close enough and the favourite finds a bit of trouble, don't be surprised to see him run a race at you know, 20, 20 or 30 or 1. Um, we'll play a quaddy. Firstly, we'll go 7 and 9. Secondly, we'll go wide. 2, 6, 8, 10, 12 and 13. Third leg, 7 only. That's Blitzen. And we'll go last leg, 1, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10, 11 and 12. $48 for 50%. But we'll, we'll have a bit of insurance just in case the favourite does find a bit of trouble in the feature tape. First yeah. leg will go 7 and 9. Second leg, 2, 6, 8, 10, 12 and 13. Third leg, I'm going 11, 12 and 13. They're all off the 30 metre back mark over the 2200 metre trip, which is pretty tough to do, but they're the three class runners. 
And the last three will go numbers 1, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10, 11, 12, and $72 give us 25% of the dividend. I'll go Marky I'll win the Golden Apple final on Young Rooster. He's one of the best front-running drivers in Australia, that bloke. Well, I agree, you. and he's clear <laughs> top next pick. I was just worried at the start, yeah. there's a bit of scrimmage, but if Young Rooster lobs on top or behind the leader, he'll run the race of his life, mate, um, that's for sure. Yep. Now, a quick, quick anecdote. Last week... Uh, I made a joke about Robbie Walters and offered him 10 bucks so he could buy some lunch because he's got so skinny. Yep. He comes up to me at Kilmore on Monday. I've only got shorts on and Kilmore's notorious for being cold, right? He comes up and says, oh, Toby, do you want $10, do you? I said, why is that, Rob? And he said, so you could go and buy yourself a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll wear shorts 362 days of the year, mate. So there you go. It doesn't matter what I know time. We don't but want... Nah, good on. We don't, want to know the, we don't want to know about the other three days, Jamie. That's something we don't need to know. No, that's only official days, mate. <laughs> three official days in my life. Yeah, okay, okay. I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe you went with nothing the other three days. No. <laughs> Thanks for coming no. on. We'll catch up again next week. No worries, buddy. Cheers, Good mate. on you, Jamie. Bye. Jamie Cockshut for the Taz Racing segment. And uh, Robbie, who does listen into that segment, I reckon, because he heard it last week. I'll, I'll pay you that one, mate. It was pretty funny, actually. I've told a few people that. That story.